Welcome to the Let's Be Naked podcast. We're so glad you're here. We're your hosts, Michaela Hale and Jenny Lynn Newell. We created this space to engage in uncomfortable conversation from a place of wholehearted compassion alongside a vibrant community of women. We're here to hold space for inspiration, build tools for restoration, and celebrate radical self-love. Let's be naked together. Let's dive into this episode. Hello. What up? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy February. It is um, season three. Hello. We what are, we're really excited. We have um, we just booked um, three interviews that we're going to do with some pretty rad women in the next few weeks um, that are going to be following all these episodes. So this this season, we're lucky enough to have three episodes with me and Michaela, and then three episodes with some pretty rad guests. So we're pretty excited about that. I'm so excited for these women to be on. I'm excited to have people on again. I think it's going to be really fun. As much as I love talking to you, I'm really happy to have some other people on here. You're going to mix it up. Yeah, mix it up a bit. Well, yeah. So this episode is launching. We're recording a little bit early, but this episode is launching today, the 11th of February. Um, So happy early, almost Valentine's Day too. Um, we thought we would just sort of kick off the first episode just chatting with each other because it's been a little bit about our intentions for the new year, how things are going, how we're feeling in the new year. Um, yeah, and we'll just see where it goes from there. Perfect. I love that. Um, so I got to see Jenny in California over Christmas, and that was so nice to visit with you and your husband. And... The holidays were good, but they felt really busy, like just really yeah, busy, did. man. <laughs> and so since coming home, I've been able to kind of settle in and I've been doing a lot of cleaning and organizing. I'm nesting, you guys. I'm just in full on nesting mode. Every drawer, I'm like going through being like, this is trash. This has got to go. We're getting rid of this. We're donating this. This has got to get out of the house. So um you can't have this anymore. You gotta make space for two more two more little ones to join the join the clan. So yeah. And then the other part of me is like, when will I ever have time to go through things in peace again? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. You're going to be all right. You just have to get your, you're going to have to get your new, you're going to have to get a new groove. Yeah, totally. I feel like that's so funny. Every time someone, I understand that feeling and I don't have children, so I've never been pregnant or like been through having kids. Um, I just know all my friends have kids. Um, but I know that like, there's this funny, I was talking to it at someone's, someone's baby shower a couple weeks ago, but there's this funny feeling of like, everyone always wants to tell you as soon as you get pregnant that like your life is over and you're never going to have anything ever again. You're never going to go to a movie. You're never going to hang out. You're I don't like gonna... that by the way. I don't either. Isn't I also nasty? feel, I also just don't feel like that's true. I feel like that is a choice and yeah. I hope that I can build my hope for myself is that I can build my relationships up to a point where like when I need to lean, I can lean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've even talked to my parents about like what it would look like when we have kids someday and like what's their, what's their role going to be and what, how are they going to help us and how are they going to be around? And can we consult on our calendars so that I can make sure that we can send the kids to them for a while. So Tom and I can have a marriage. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I feel like there's, I feel like that is, I don't know why that's be that, why that, why that's become like a broken record for people who are having children of like, your life is going to be over and you're never going to do anything fun ever again. Um, I just don't think that that's actually true. I choose not to believe in that. I've had a few people tell me those things and then I tell them that I'm not going to live that way. Yeah. And then they laugh at me. (laughs) I mean, I also feel like, yes, obviously, probably the first year, it's probably going to be a lot of transition. You're going to be learning a lot. There'll be a lot lot of new people around. You're going to have to figure out what your groove is. But like, people say that like, it's going to be a permanent state of being. And I think it's it's a temporary state of being, just Mm -hmm. like all things. I think when we get into something new, we want to believe that it feels like it's going to be forever. Like we had, um, we had uh, a major loss happen over the holidays for my husband and for me as well. Um, and I feel like I got shifted into this place again where I'm like, oh my God, this is never going to end. That's been my language about it. Like this is never going to end. I'm going to feel this way for the rest of my life. I'm going to be this sad for the rest of my life. I'm never going to be able to get over this. And I keep like, everything I keep picking up to read or everything I feel gravitated towards right now is like this, this reminder of this is a temporary state. Yeah. This will not be forever. And from personal experience and everything we've been through, I already know that. (laughs) Right. I know that my resilience meter is a lot higher than most people that I know. And I know that my relationship is built on surviving these kinds of things because they've happened before. Yeah. They will continue to happen. Um, yeah. The more I feel like I have, the more I feel like steeped in loss, the more I feel I have to offer. And also the more compassion and capacity I have to walk with other people through the same things. Like I, we are not the only people who've ever lost people. And mm-hmm. now I'm able to hold space for those, those people in such a different way. And I'm able to understand them in such a different way um, than I was before. Um, and as much as it's, as it sucks and as much as I would prefer to continue to not lose more people, um, it's kind of just a part of life. It's just happening on a different timeline than I think we would have thought. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It's so true. But there is a, and there is a small bit of like you, yes, you have to grieve that your life isn't going to be the same way. Like it's just not, it's not going to be the same way, but that doesn't mean that your life is over. Over. (laughs) Yeah. It's over. It's over and you're never doing this stuff ever again. Which I believe that. Yeah, which I think is just kind of bogus, but I don't know. And I think that if you're, I think that also if you're in a space where like you do feel like it's continuing to go, like if you're a new parent and you've had, and you're still in like your path, you're passing year one and you still feel like you haven't got your your feet on the ground, like it's okay. It's still temporary. And actually, 365 days is not very long in the grand scheme of a life. In the grand scheme of like what you're experiencing, in the grand scheme of your relationship with yourself or with your partner or with your family, mm-hmm. like that, those are such small years. Like if yeah. I go back and think about everything that Michaela and I have talked through and been through in the last three and a half years, it would kind of ast- it kind of astounds me that I'm still standing. But yeah. sort of just figure out your way into a new normal. I think that that's really the only thing you can do too. Like grief has been such an interesting thing for me because it means that it's, you never, I was listening to some very, a very interesting on being episode, um, 
a couple weeks ago about closure and grief and how that's like those two words don't belong in the same sentence. Yeah. And people are people are really eager to want to close the the box or close the close whatever is happening to you because it's because painful. It's painful, and nobody yeah. wants to leave that box open, especially people who love you, like my family they're wonderful. And they also are like, how fast can you close the box and move on? And I'm like, just not how it works. Like it doesn't work like that. Um, at least it doesn't work like that for me. And I think it's all about how do you navigate your way into a new sense of normal in which you can refine joy and you can re-experience things. And I don't know how, how do you feel about this? So I feel like a lot of the self-help, self, self-help work, I, 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 um, a lot of it revolves around choice. And I'm even, I'm reading a new book right now um, called The Choice um, by this woman named um, Edith, Dr. Dr. Edith Eva Egger, um, who's a Holocaust survivor and um, also a psychiatrist. And um, she, the whole, the whole book is basically about like how you can choose your perspective, right? And no matter what happens in your life, you always have choice, but sometimes choice can also take years and decades and I'm interested to know, I'm, I'm really curious because I feel like a lot of the work that I'm constantly involved in is like, that's the number one thing that gets brought up. It's like, everything is a choice. Every thought is a choice. Every word is a choice. Like everything is a choice, which to be perfectly honest, sometimes feels exhausting. <laughs> like I'm very aware that like choices are possible. I'm very aware that I can choose to feel better or I can choose to do some, do something different or I can choose to go for a walk. And I also know that when there's moments of intense, like a wave of grief, like yesterday happened to me, I had a wave of grief and I wasn't able to do anything. And I tried numerous things to move myself out of that space because I know like this is temporary. I feel crappy today, probably feel better tomorrow. I should do X, Y, and Z to feel better. And I did all the things and I did not feel better. Yeah. And I I feel like people, there's this, there's this thing with this work now where like, you're not allowed. It's almost like you're not allowed to have the space to just be in the pain or the feeling for longer than someone's comfortable with, because that's what you need in order to move into the next phase. Does that make sense? I, absolutely. I think that I can't speak for other countries, but I think here in America, it's not socially acceptable to be sad. You're a loser if you're sad. You're not winning at life. You're not hustling hard enough. You're not. You're not the memes that are like on Instagram. Also, I think it's. I think it's also weakness. Weakness and vulnerability and, um, and like the world doesn't have time for you to be sad because it just keeps moving on. But I don't think that that is the reality of being human. Yeah. And so I have had to explore a lot of that because for a long time I was stuck in sadness for an extended period of time. And, um, I had to explore that. Like, am I wrong? Am I bad for feeling this way for so long? Like, is there something wrong with me? And I don't think that's the case. I think 
grief happens. And if you don't allow yourself to feel the grief, also, I'm an empath and also feel all the feelings. So that comes very naturally to me. And I don't want to be rushed out of feeling my feelings because then I'll get angry at you. Like I want to feel how I'm feeling. That doesn't mean like I'm not going to try to do things that make me feel better because that's part of taking care of myself. And I'm a firm believer in doing that. But just because I take a bubble bath and put some essential oils on and make a cup of tea at night for myself and even sit and do some meditation, it doesn't mean that I'm going to be happy. Like I'm not going to become the opposite of grieving and sad. It's just, I feel more comforted in my pain. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. I think comforted in pain is beautiful. There was, um, there was a, I was reading a part of this book last night and it was really beautiful. She was talking to a woman who was, um, who had been diagnosed with cancer, had survived, was in remission and then um, was just really angry because she got her cancer came back and she was really angry. And so she was trying to work with her um, with uh, this woman so that she could with her therapist so that she could feel better. She could navigate it in a way that wasn't so angry. And she had this beautiful meditation. It was really simple. And I, I don't even have to walk you through it for you to visualize it. But if you, if you closed your eyes and she, she told the story of like, you hear, you imagine you yourself shrinking super, super small. So like in between two fingers, right? Something small enough to fit a version of you small enough to fit in your nose. And then you, and then you visualize and you imagine that that self walking up through your nose cavity, up into your brain, going down your throat, into your body, and then touching every single organ in your body that needed loving hands. So think of yourself shrinking really small, placing your own hands on the parts of your bodies that the parts of your body that feel like they're in pain and touching every part of you with this like loving presence. Mm-hmm. And even reading that for what like half a paragraph in that book, I could close my eyes and try to do that for myself and I instantly felt more held. And it wasn't yeah. that that anything changed. It wasn't like I immediately felt better. To be perfectly honest, I think happy is a momentary state. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I think we're in this country specifically we're obsessed with this idea of being happy all the time. Mm-hmm. And when you're not happy, you feels like a major failure. Like you've somehow you're like a broken per- person who has no value because you can't be happy every moment of the day. Um, and I'd like to dispel all myths of happiness. Like I don't, I'm not sure happiness is a sustainable mode of being. I do feel that you can find, I do feel like I can maintain and I, and I'm working to maintain through my meditation practice of like, that image of a single flame inside my own heart that's like always going like it's flickers and it goes in and out, but like it's this steady glow that sort of exists within me. And that for me feels more like joy. Um, even though I play with joy too, because joy also feels a bit unattainable at some points. Um, but happy just feels like completely elusive in every way. Like I'm not sure that there's a place where I'm going to feel, I have moments of happiness. Yes but happy as a state of being, I just don't know if that's possible. Um, and 
And I would rather focus on like creating that. I, my, one of my teachers says, um, create that inner lake of stillness inside yourself. And why through grieving, I've decided that meditation has become a really important part of my personal practices and why it's kind of non-negotiable in my day is because it's the place where I'm able to connect with that part of me that's never changing, that's always there for me. Um, I've realized through like losing people how much I do not take, how much I do not care for myself. Like how much I'm looking for that care from other people and then I become resentful or upset or angry because someone's not showing up for me the way that I need to, even though most of the time, let's be real, they don't know how. Because you also don't know how to ask for it. Um, I just think it's interesting that like I'd rather that's something that I'd rather focus on in order to create this like pathway to joy that's more sustainable and more lasting throughout your mm-hmm. life. Sure. Um, also, I think the point, of, the point of life is to not avoid suffering. It's to be able to walk with your suffering in a way where you feel held because it's inevitable and it will always exist, right? It's true. Um, that yeah. was that was a very uh, very yoga heavy Buddhism heavy, but I just feel like I feel like that's um, that's comforting to know that. Mm-hmm. Well, me. because then you can invo- invite pain, suffering, whatever you want to call it, along for the walk with you. Like, just invite them to walk with you. Like, all right, suffering. Like, let's go. You're with me, but like, you don't drive the bus. You're just like along for the ride, and you're sitting in the back seat. You're not going to like control where we're going, but you're here. And like, that's all right. Yeah. Well, also I feel like, I also feel like suffering has really illuminated the last couple of years. I feel like, I feel like the other like buzzword going around is like gratitude. And (laughs) I was like, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't like, I feel grateful, but I never, I don't know if I actually really felt like, I don't know if I lived into feeling grateful. I think I said I felt grateful. And I think I, I don't think I was lying when I said like, I feel grateful today or whatever, but like, I would always like laugh at gratitude practices and like, I don't need to write this down every day. Like I need, I need like to write down my reason to be grateful. But I've noticed in the last couple of years after this is a, this is our fifth significant loss in three and a half years. And, um, after each one of them, I've noticed my capacity for gratitude, like real deep, like feel it everywhere in my body. Gratitude is so much easier to access. Mm -hmm. Like my capacity has grown so much. Yeah. And now it's become part of like, it's literally become ingrained in like every moment of my body. Especially when I feel like I need to shift out of something, like I have a lot more access to that gratitude. Whereas before it it wasn't really landing. So like the, the beautiful thing about suffering and about being in grief and continuing to walk that path because now I don't know if I'll ever be able to release myself from my grief. I think that it will always be with me and there'll be moments where it feels easier and moments where it's harder. Um, and I'm actually okay with that new part of like that new existence. Um, and because of that, because of that grief, my gratitude meter has gone up way higher and now I'm able to appreciate very tiny things in my life. And speaking of like decluttering, like going back to what Michaela was saying, the last year I've made like a huge effort in my own home to not only simplify because that's, I feel like that's also, that's also like a buzz thing right now. Like everyone's like simplify. Um, and 
I, I'm like deeply invested in like our environmental health and like what we're in our, and our environmental impact. And I really want our home to be a, more of a reflection of like my words. Like if I say I care about it, then I want our house to reflect it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been making like a lot of changes the past year on like trying to make little sustainable moves so that our house can feel more like that. But that also makes me feel grateful. And it also makes me feel the gratitude then takes away that like insatiable need for things. Like now that I feel because we've lost, I now don't need what I thought I needed. Um, Mm. Which is actually like a really beautiful thing that's like birthed from something really difficult is like knowing that I don't need something external to fuel what's happening with me. And most of the times when I was like overspending or I was like drowning my sorrows in something related to money, it was usually because I was sad and I didn't have the capacity to deal with the sadness. Now yeah. at least I'm able to like sit in the sadness and not have to like replace it with something else. Um, which to be perfectly honest was a very long road and I'm still in it and I still, I still stumble. So please like if that's where you're at, don't, that's perfectly normal. Yeah. There's no judgment there. There's it's, definitely no judgment. Um, it's like, well, I just have found for me. Yeah. I have found for me that I'm like over, there, that part of my journey is like I've crossed that threshold and I'm on right. a different I'm on a different side of the journey now. Um, yeah. But I was totally there and we totally drowned ourselves in those kinds of things. And now I just don't need that um, because I've just like I because of all through all of this, I've just like wanted to create as much space as humanly possible. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with us. Like as soon as something goes wrong, I want the 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 cleaning thing for me. I was telling Michaela earlier, it's like completely related to control. So as long as I have something to con- that's the only thing I really have control over is how how clean and organized and sustainable my house feels, and it it opens up space in, inside my body. Like it opens up something physically inside of me that gives space for something else to exist. And because the one feeling feels so big. By clearing out my physical space, I'm able to give myself more internal space. Yeah. To walk with stuff differently. I don't know if that's how if that's how it feels for you, but Yeah, no, it's true. Um I think just be which I'm really excited. We're gonna have another podcast talking just about our organizing and making space. Um, but to, t- to talk a little bit about it, it's for me, like when I moved here into Aaron's home, nothing here was mine. So part of it for me is putting my mark on my home to make it feel like mine. And part of it is also like just getting really clear, like, do we need this? Do we need this stuff? Or like even going through my personal belongings that I brought here, I'm like, okay, don't need that. Like, I don't know why I'm hanging on to this. My mom says I have like a Lululemon uh, shopper bag problem. Like I have too many. You have like 400 in them. <laughs> oh, way too many of them. And my mom's like, okay, seriously, what are you doing with all these? So like, so just like getting, going through the, the different rooms in my house and saying like, this does not make sense. We, this needs to make sense and it has to be on purpose. Everything in my house needs to be on purpose. So, um, so anyway, it's felt really good to do that. But I want to ask you, Jenny, about like with everything that we've kind of talked about, what are 
one thing or a few things that are like coming up for you that you want to create in 2019. Um, Personally, like whatever, it could be anything. They could be feelings, but also like goals you might have. I'm just curious, like what, where are you at with that? Um, well, one of the things I've been talking about for over a year now is I, I really miss, um, the part I think I miss most about about working for my mom's business is I, I, I'm actually obsessed with using my hands and when I, and I don't actually use them most of the day, like most of the day I'm on the computer. Um, and I take a lot of pride in like my plants and my home. Cause I just like, I love, I want that tactile feeling of like doing something with my hands all day. And, um, I, have been wanting to do like a clay class forever, like a, like a wheel class. And I used to, I did this when I was smaller and I like loved it and I've been talking about it forever. And I've been talking about it for so long that my little sister finally for Christmas was like, I bought you classes, go. Like you need to go, stop talking about it. That's so, so nice. Yeah, it was really nice. My sister's the queen of IOU presents. So she's, she had a big splash this year. It was really sweet of her. So she bought me four classes. So I'm going to sign up for those in February and take them, which I'm really excited about. Um, just to be able to like give myself their classes are two and a half hours and it just gives me this to, like be alone by myself working with my hands. Like I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Even if I make nothing that looks good, I don't no, even. I'm so excited for you that they're going to look great. <laughs> so I'm really excited about that. Maybe I'll make a cup, try to make a couple mugs or something, but um, I'm super excited about that. And then, um, we are celebrating um, two really good friends' weddings this year, and so we've already made plans to go and be there for those, which feels really, really nice. Um, I really want, I don't know, my focus this year is really to like just grow. Last year, it was a lot of like innovation. Like I was creating a lot of things, and I was trying things on, and I was like making a business from scratch and um, trying to close out my mom's business and all these, all these things. And this year, I really want more of the focus to be on like evolving what I've created, not so much like creating new things, but like, where can I evolve and get more clear? Where can I be of greater service? Like, what can I do with these things so that I feel that? So a lot of my, a lot of my focus is here on my business is not like necessarily about, um, it's about evolution and then expansion because I don't really want to, my capacity for creation feels small right now. So, which is totally fine. But yeah, that's really, that's kind of where I'm at. There's some other things that like, I'm excited to do some collaborations this year and hopefully get people excited about what I'm offering. And to be perfectly honest, like I really would like this year to be about centering myself. So like my practices are going to be really important this year. Social media is going to be a lot less important to me this year. Um, I just would like to find my balance. Like my word for the year is harmony because I just want to create this like, it's like middle ground for me to land in for a little bit so that when things, um, I find that even this year when things got hard, things got really hard and my, my emotions were like at one level really, really high and then really, really low. And I'd like yeah. to live somewhere more in the middle. But what about you? I agree. Um, yeah, it's kind of similar to yours. I feel like we've started, I've started, my husband started a lot of new things last year. And so rooting this year is really important to me. And that shows up in a lot of different ways. Like we're not going anywhere for the holidays in 2019. 
we're staying being rude. <laughs> yeah, we're being, we're rooting. And, um, uh, and, you know, just getting really consistent with our podcast and sharing with the people that are listening and then um, growing our chocolate company and being home. I mean, I'm welcoming like two boys into my life in May ish. And that feels exciting and scary. Um, and you don't really know what it's going to look like till they're here. You can yeah. read all the books you want to read, but I mean, you don't know until they're here. Yeah. They're their own little humans. So they kind of, they have their own personalities and like what they like once they arrive. So you can feel as prepared as you want, but um, really I just have much control. Yeah. You don't have any control. So I'm just giving up the, the control and like, but planning where it feels important so I can control the clutter that's around my house and that feels really good to get rid of and and just making like a calming place at home I spent yesterday afternoon outside my front of the yard with my mom and she helped me like dig up I hate like somebody planted rose bushes in the front of our house hate them like Cameron gets stuck by the thorns when he plays ball and like, anyway, they're everywhere. So dug them all up, got rid of them. Like the front of my house looks so much more on purpose and like spacious because we got rid of plants that were just cluttering the, the ground and, um, and kept the ones that aesthetically look really good. I don't have plants blocking my windows anymore. Like it, it feels really airy and clean. So I think kind of a long answer, but just getting rooted this year feels really good. And clear, it sounds like. Yeah, clear. Yeah. Which also sounds really good. Like, yeah. A lot of this year, I think it's too, is just going to give myself, I don't know, I would like some permission to just take things as they come. And last year I said yes to absolutely everything. And this year I definitely feel, I was so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful for that. And I will continue to be open to opportunities, but I'm excited to be able to be a little bit more selective this year and not really? not extend myself so far because I think yeah. because my year was like that, it was a beautiful year. And when, when this tragedy happened at the end of it, I was really taken out of the game and I still feel really taken out of the game. So like, I feel like it was great to have that, but I definitely did not feel grounded or rooted enough to be able to maintain my center. As when something, when this happened, I was completely thrown off my center. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was because I didn't, I didn't have that as a sustained practice for the whole year. Um, so I'm excited to like, who knows, like we could have more stuff happen this year. I, I have no idea, but I, d- I definitely feel like I would like to find a place that feels more s- steady so that I can walk through anything that comes my way in a, with a, with a more, um, I don't know, open heart, I guess. That's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm at, but yeah. I love it. That's perfect. Oh, guys, we're really happy. Thank you for meeting us here. Thank you for being here. And next week we'll have an interview um, with one of our really good friends and we're really excited about that. Keep hanging out with us. We'll see you uh, for the next five Mondays. <laughs> yeah, share your uh, intentions with us. I oh love- yeah, please share them on the post for this episode or on the on our um, on our Instagram. We would love that. Yeah, we'll see you right back here next Monday. Peace. <laughs>